What is a crack? Welcome back to the Performance Project Podcast, the podcast that aims to provide amateur athletes with a professional standard of performance information with the whole goal of making you a better athlete. So, Sean, what do we have coming up today? Um, today, we're going to talk about stepping outside your comfort zone and the benefits and why people find it so difficult. Yeah, a bit of an abstract one today. We said uh, <laughs> on Wednesday morning we'll get very philosophical with you. But um, yeah, so where to begin with this? So I suppose comfort zone. So you mentioned that. What is a comfort zone to you, Sean? What would you define it as? Um, so like I looked it up and like the definition for it is a psychological, emotional, behavioral construct which defines our daily life. So in simple terms, it's literally just being comfortable and being familiar with your like your the, your situation um safe having safety and security in yourself and what you're doing mm-hmm. yeah i'd 100 agree so i'd say in my own words i'd say it's probably like your baseline so it's like your baseline of function probably so it's like your routine kind of thoughts actions conversations like all these things that uh you've done a million times before and you know the outcomes so i think that's one kind of key thing to define your comfort zone is you know the outcome so it's predictable yeah um so when something is predictable you've done it before it doesn't induce stress so it's just something that you can do so it's like your normal daily routine so say pop into the shop to get milk like hopefully that doesn't induce stress in you like uh, it's just these things that you do routinely that are your baseline of function and um, which are essential to survival without inducing that stress response that's what i'd probably say it is yeah exactly like as humans our brain is um kind of shifts towards being certain about a situation we prefer to know the outcome rather than have no idea what what's in front of us and that's why like when we don't know the outcome we get stressed we get kind of hyperactive we don't know we just get confused and that's why because the brain itself likes certainty and when something's uncertain that's when you're stepping outside your comfort zone 100 i think that's a nice kind of cue to uh go into a bit of the actual like neurology on it so like why does the brain crave certainty like what is it about the brain that makes us want this certainty um, I think just the fear of uncertainty um, kind of activates a small part of the brain called the amygdala and that is responsible for the f- kind of fear response, the fight or flight we've talked about so in depth in other, uh, episodes. Um, <laughs> so like it's just the uncertainty of a situation makes activates that um, kind of amygdala itself and this leads to high, bl- um, high kind of blood pressure, high, higher heart rate, sorry, sweaty hands, that kind of usual fight or flight response. Um, but once you've put yourself in one of those situations, the next time you do the same task, it's you don't have the exact same fear response. You kind of get familiar. And over time, that's it's the same with forming habits. It's the same familiarity uh, over and over again. And then you become used to the actual stimulus itself. Mm-hmm, 100%. So that amygdala that you're talking about, like, so um, I read a, a book a few years ago now, it's called The Chimp Paradox, and it basically talks about the amygdala and like how that impacts our daily lives. So the amygdala, like on an evolutionary scale, it's the oldest part of our brain. Like, so say if humans are descendants from chimps, the amygdala was there when we were chimps and it's still there today. So it's the same part of the brain. It has the same function to an extent. So what that was originally meant for in chimps was surviving in the world, like where there's constant stimulus and threat to your actual existence. So you're perceiving uh, new experiences as potential danger. Um, And it's interesting that the actual part of the brain hasn't changed hugely in whatever the millions of years of evolution. So today, that part of the brain 
um, it's working in the same way, but in today's context, it's instead of interpreting, like instead of um, seeing, say, lions in the wild as perceived threats to our life, we're seeing new situations as things that are potentially stressful. Um, so yeah, it's just really interesting how that old part of our brain subconsciously uh, affects like our day-to-day -day lives today. Yeah, exactly. And like you hit the nail on the head. Like our ancestors are, what they were scavengers, and they they. Their aim was survival, food, and reproduction. Um, well, nowadays, our aims are completely different. Ours is making a popular podcast, uh, <laughs> making a popular Instagram page, that kind of thing. But the brain, well, the cortex has developed, but the actual um, uh, kind of initial brain hasn't, developed, hasn't changed at all. So the stuff they perceived as the scary line we perceive is the exact same stuff. Um, so it's kind of... And then we consciously think about that scary or fearful stuff and that turns into anxiety then. 100%. So what would you say is, so stepping inside your comfort zone, it's obviously something that's like difficult innately, but like why is that difficult, do you think, for people to do? Um, once again, they don't. it's because they don't know the result. It's like, and, and I think possibly a fear of failure is another big aspect of it. Um, like in a sporting perspective, if... If I take one shot in a game and I miss, I'd be extremely wary about taking the next one just out of fear of missing that shot. Um, and even if, even even in like say, in college, you ask a lecturer a stupid question, everyone laughs at you. You're not going to ask a question again. Um, so in in my life, that kind of way. But what what would you consider? Yeah, definitely. Like, I think that's definitely it. Like, so the uncertainty of a new situation, like, so, um, say we have a negative bias going into new situations generally, our, our brain is biased to see the potential negative outcomes because we are that survival driven, amygdala driven brain where we have to see the potential worst outcomes so we can subconsciously prepare for them to like, quote unquote, like, um, keep us alive, you know, cause that's yeah. what our, our subconscious brain is trying to get us to do. Um, and I suppose it's so difficult to do or to step outside your comfort zone because um, the effect that the amygdala has on your actual body. So think of any stressful situation you've been in yourself, like say meeting a new person for the first time, it's that stressful for you. Say like the sweaty palms you get, the heart racing, the high blood pressure, you know, these are all physical manifestations of your body trying to quote unquote, stay alive, you know? Yeah. Um, you're reacting for a survival situation when in today's world, it's generally not a survival situation, an actual survival situation that um, you have to prepare for. So I suppose it's just in the, the unpleasant situation, the unpleasant sensations um, of your body preparing for this quote unquote survival situation. Yeah, exactly. And we've all been in those situations. Like it's like when, like for me, I hated ordering food. So I'd always get someone else to order food for me. <laughs> But eventually, when you're 23, you have to man up and kind of order your own food. And Go on, talk to me about that, yeah. but you hated ordering food. Oh, I hated ordering food, and I hated talking on the phone. I'd always get just... There, like, that's a common one, in fairness. <laughs> yeah, like any time an unknown number rings me, I'm never answering it. I'll wait for the voice, and then I save their save the number and put it into WhatsApp, see if they have a photo, or else they wouldn't be ringing back. Um, but then it was just, I don't know, I don't know why, but it was just kind of... I, wouldn't like it i'd kind of panic in those situations and then eventually like i was like fuck it let's give it a go and like that is stepping up to your comfort zone in a small scale um but thankfully now i can order food by myself <laughs> come on yeah uh, tender <laughs> age step. of 23 boy big step <laughs> love it love it but yeah it's just the brain like as we said is it's it's the same brain as it was the 2000 years ago 3000 years ago um and like even having the knowledge of that kind of 
makes it easier to kind of manage fearful situations um, because it's not as fearful. Like when you when you kind of comprehend that it's not as fearful as you think, it's kind of easier to get over that fear, if that makes sense. Yeah, 100%. Would you say that um, having a comfort zone, is it in, in like, it's almost a bastardized term, like, would you say that a comfort zone is innately a bad thing, or do you think it's important to have a comfort zone? Um, I think it is important to have a comfort zone because, like, you can't be stressed all the time, you can't be, have high blood pressure, high, high heart rate, high sweaty palms, um, but it's, it's, it's good in some context, like, if you want to take a step back from things and go back into your comfort zone and then refresh and then go back outside your comfort zone that kind of way um as a as a break um your man you know david epstein he just saying stress stress plus no growth plus stress no what was it let me get this right <laughs> no forget about it i won't get it right um we'll come back to it <laughs> but, um, but like it's just like you stress something and then stress plus rest equals growth that was it there stress we go because growth um so like you stress it you take a rest you grow it um, it's the same for everything. Like you study, you rest, you 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 learn, um, that kind of way. Yeah, hundred percent. So yeah, as you're saying, I think you're absolutely right. Like your comfort zone is essential to an extent. Like because you need to have your daily routines that you do without uh, bringing about that like stress response. Um, I suppose where the comfort zone can kind of become a negative thing is become is when you become too comfortable in it, and yeah. it becomes like an area of like almost stagnation where you're just happy to like rest in your laurels, like fall into your normal unthinking daily routines in the pursuit of nothing like i think yeah. the whole like this is very deep altogether like but i think like the whole mean or like where fulfillment comes from in life is where you're actually pushing your boundaries so where you're impressing yourself by how much you're doing or how hard you're working do you know when yeah. you're trying to push those boundaries and improve um and i think this kind of comes back so we were talking about the amygdala earlier so yeah. a new repair to the brain you sh sean i'm sure know all about now like the prefrontal cortex yeah um, so this is like your conscious brain or like it's uh yeah so it's the new part of the brain the part that makes us human almost um so the way i like to think of it is the interplay between the amygdala and the prefrontal cortex as being so the amygdala is the devil on the shoulder it's the easy way out and yeah. the prefrontal cortex is the angel on the shoulder it's just like it's what you know you should do um and i think the more that you like in any stressful situation it's always the interplay in your brain between these two parts of the brain so that one option is the so there's the easy option and then there's the what we know we should do option yeah um so say if you bring this to high intensity exercise for example say if you're doing a sprint session you have a few to go and like your body's really really hurting in the stressful situation you have two choices within your within your brain these are like this is almost unconscious like so it's not a, a conscious thought yeah. uh, you have the easy option of like giving up of stopping or, or you have the what you know you should do option which is to continue to work hard because you know that like in this situation it is stressful but this re will result in um an improvement in the long term uh, and i just think this this interplay it's something if you're aware of it um it almost makes it easier to push yourself or it's just something personally that i yeah. found if you're aware of your neurology that's actually at play um it's almost easier to override that to get the desired outcome you want yeah and if like you hit the nail on the head there um i was reading the book the laws of human nature and he talks about like that um like decision making um the difference between ir rational and irrational people is like having the ability to um consciously um decipher an emotion rather than going like say you're angry you make a decision in a split second off of the decision decision of anger um or fear say you don't you don't 
you don't do a situation because you're fearful. But if you think about it and make a kind of thoughtful decision, that's the definition of rationality, is separating emotions from uh, decision-making. But like, in theory, that's that's class. But actually, in, in practical terms, it's quite difficult to do that. Um, but that's, that is what uh, Robert Greene defined as rationality, which I thought was quite cool. Yeah, that's powerful. Like, and I think um, like another way of putting it, or like the way I would have thought of it in my head, is like um, being subjective and objective about a situation. So like subjective, you're obviously coming into it with like your emotional baggage per se, or like your emotional, um, like you're basically your emotions are influencing your decision making process. But if you're objective about something, you're able to separate that emotional, that subconscious emotional response to a situation and remain steely minded, like clear headed in the situation to bring about that desired response. And personally, like I know I've chatted about it a lot, but like meditation genuinely, like I would say that's one of the most, um, kind of profound benefits that I've personally found and that like I feel anyone who does meditate you'd hear them talk about anecdotally is um your ability to almost so like again we were talking about that in like previously about um that quote from uh, Victor Frankl so like there's a space between stimulus and response and in that space you get to choose your response basically and just um yeah I find meditation gives you that space so you're um innate emotional reactions don't determine your decision making so you have a little space in between uh where you can remain clear-headed and bring about the desired response <laughs> exactly like in in that space you exactly it's kind of just the same definition of rationality it's like you have the time you have that space to make a decision based on actual thinking rather than instinct which is like as we said the brain is 20 that are 2,000, 3,000 years old. Like the the people, our ancestors didn't have decisions like we have today, and that's what we have to consider. The brain hasn't changed that much. Uh, well, the instinct, the instinctual brain hasn't changed that much, and that's why I just find it like kind of when I may when I become irrational and kind of emotional, and I like the brain. I just it makes it's kind of soothing knowing the brain is the exact same as it was before. And when I'm fearful of a situation, it's not as fearful as you think. Uh huh. Uh huh. Absolutely. Just to put it in a uh, context for yourself, or just get an understanding of it for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Something that I think is really powerful is so knowingly going outside your comfort zone, like knowingly doing something that you know won't be comfortable in the pursuit of getting better. Um. So I think, like, even on a deep level, like I think with your own self relationship, like so, like your own image of yourself. I think the more that you put yourself in situations that are difficult like but in the knowledge that will make you better the more you do that the better almost your self-relationship will be like it will become a part of your identity oh i'm someone who does this like your boundaries become a lot wider when you're someone who consistently goes outside that comfort zone because really at the end of the day like we create our own subconscious boundaries of who we are what we do um so like we like there's a, a quote now again i'm it's a, probably a bastardized quote at this stage but um i'm not who i think i am i'm not who you think i am i am who you think i am who i think you think i am so basically <laughs> i live up to what i think other people think of me so again it's just talking about these like subconscious boundaries that we put in and the more that we knowingly go outside of these boundaries the more we feel we are able to do that and all of a sudden these boundaries become a lot bigger and your prospects become a lot wider and uh life kind of opens up a bit not to be a, too <laughs> philosophical about it like yeah i know you i think you <laughs> very deep but 
I know, Jesus. It makes sense, like it does. Um, like I was reading the Victor, or the Victor Frankl book, the the me- man's meaning of life, or something along those lines. Man's search for meaning. Yeah, man's search for meaning, and he talks. He talks about like um life. The meaning of life is like having a purpose and like finding like a meaning. And his meaning was his family, and and he said like the only thing that got him through was he was imagining him talking to his wife in a, in a few months time and imagining writing his manuscript he's a psychothera- psych- psychoanalyst psychotherapist one of those and he just imagined writing a manuscript um over and over again and he just talks about how like the people who lost hope and lost the kind of purpose and lost their meaning um kind of they were one of the first people to die and he thinks that was kind of linked mm-hmm, yeah like i think that book too is like one i'd recommend like a lot of people to read like yeah. because uh yeah like that's a, a man to give it some context like if people don't know who victor frankl is like he's a, a prisoner in was that auschwitz he was in auschwitz, yeah yeah crazy like and uh, yeah as you're saying psychoanalyst like so he's just basically psychoanalyzed or he gives like an, an in-depth kind of psychoanalytic view on his experience in auschwitz and like the life lessons to take from that which is fairly profound like and yeah. uh yeah, there's a free PDF of it online for anyone who's uh, looking. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't buy it at all. I, I got it for free online there somewhere. Uh, but yeah, I would highly recommend. Yes. Um, would you have any tips for, like, how do you improve getting out of your comfort zone? Like, how do you shift from somebody who isn't comfortable with doing things outside the norm to somebody who is more comfortable with that? Um, I think it's actually, like, starting small. Like, what I, like, even for me, it was the ordering food, and then you can build it up from there. But it's it's... I think the fear of failure is a big one because like you have to it's you have to view like you view the failure in a different kind of context you do you have to view it as a like a obstacle to grow but not as a challenge uh, or not as a or just view it as an obstacle to grow and like if you make a mistake you'll know better next time rather than oh I made a mistake everyone's laughing at me I'm embarrassed I'm not gonna do that again that kind of way Mm-hmm. yeah so it comes back to that again like we're just uh quoting books here like but uh do you know the the carol dweck one um well it's fixed versus growth mindset yeah so basically view failures and adversity like as opposed to avoiding them like go towards them because they're the exact things that will make you a better person or a better athlete or better whatever do you know yeah. so embrace the uncertainty embrace the failures in the knowledge that will make you better at whatever you're doing yeah um Something I'd say, like, situ- situationally, which I find would be important to um, going outside your comfort zone is just being able to recognize, um, so, like, it comes back to that self-awareness point, but being able to recognize your body's own reaction. So we were talking about earlier about, like, the, say, high blood pressure, high heart rate, sweaty palms, being able to actually uh, recognize this in the situation and to think, um, is this is my body's response, the stress response, is it rational? Is it appropriate to this actual situation I'm in, yeah. or is it irrational? So say like if I'm or if I'm what like take your example, if I'm ordering food in a restaurant and like I'm my heart's racing, like my body's in survival mode, is that yeah. rational? Like no, it's not realistically. There's no threat to your life. You just want like a, a <laughs> yeah. chicken supper, like. Um, so it's just being able to recognize this, and um, then once you recognize it, you can take steps to uh, basically nullify it or just. Uh, recognize then accept it like so um that's another really powerful point that i think just in my yeah. own experiences of going through stressful situations whatever it may be um just accepting when you're going into a situation that uh it is going to be stressful so say if you know that you have a, a big game at seven o'clock this evening 
uh, and at the moment you're just eating your breakfast in the morning and watching Netflix, you're grand. If yeah. you can just uh, think that, okay, come five, six o'clock, I will start to get nervous. This will be a stressful situation. Once you actually accept that and take away that overthinking, that anxiety part to it, there's almost power in that. Um, yeah. You're like, okay, in the future, it will be stressful. But right now, like, it's not so uh, enjoy the right now and then the future will happen when it happens you know exactly and just one more point and like kind of viewing fear in a different context like fear and excitement have the exact same uh, physiological responses like sweaty palms um sweaty palms high blood pressure um high heart rate it's the exact same um physiological um adaptations but it's just the way we view it like i could be nervous for a game or fearful of a game but if I kind of view it as, geez, I'm actually excited for the game, it actually kind of make you feel better um, in yourself. And like, say if I was ordering food, if, if I actually view that as like, geez, I'm ordering food here, let's, what am I going to have for food? Kind of exciting rather than, shit, what's you going to say to me? <laughs> what happens if I forget? That kind of <laughs> yeah, it almost, almost tricked your brain because, yeah, it's the same parts of the brain. So almost fake the excitement and it can almost become genuine. The more you fake <laughs> yeah. it, the more you make it. Like... <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> literally um so again another book we're going to absolutely plug here um Eckhart Tolle the power now have you ever heard of it or read I it I haven't read that one now so do you know what I read it right um and I obviously didn't read the back or anything about the author I just read the book and yeah. uh in my head I thought it was about I thought it was from like some stoic philosopher from like years ago but yeah. then uh I, I was on YouTube there during the week and uh, a thing popped up and it was a uh, Russell Brand interviews Eckhart Tolle I went on to you he ends up, he's some 72-year-old German fella. I was so disappointed. Like, <laughs> um, But basically, his whole chat is the, like the power of now. So it's basically like using mindfulness uh, or like just living in the moment, basically. So he says, um, we're too conditioned to thinking in the future. So when we think in the future, we are like, as you're saying, that anxiety-based thinking. So yeah. we're fearful of what could potentially happen. Yeah. And uh, when our thinking is in the past, we're uh, basing it on past experiences. So it's generally past painful experiences. So again, this makes us fear the future. Um, but like something profound that he said, which kind of resonated with me was, so in the future, there's anxiety. In the past, there is fear. But in the present moment, there's no such thing as suffering. So if you actually, so like take conscious like note of your, your present moment. So like your physical sensations, your breathing, your feet in the floor, like there's no suffering in in that specific no. moment um it's only when you're kind of overthinking brain um digresses about like what could potentially happen or what has happened in the past that's where the suffering comes in so i think that's a really powerful point and like like the things we actually fear nine times out of ten don't even happen like like this if, is it yeah everyone's gonna laugh at me if i fall over they probably will laugh at you but like <laughs> but like if you order food you want the, the person the counter the server is not going to think you're a weirdo she'll just like take her time like it's like we overthink it and... the suffering's all internal like it's nothing external yeah exactly exactly mm -hmm. you, you, you put words in my mouth thank you I yeah. that. Um, <laughs> so I, I think we're like very abstract concepts today Jesus like we have a, we've gotten very deep of a Wednesday morning here like but I think to relate it back to athletes um, something that in our so two episodes two episodes ago we interviewed gareth fox sports therapist and uh, something that he said with me said to us that, that kind of resonated with me a little bit was that uh, like so for athletes like the person you are on the pitch isn't different to the person you are off the pitch so like your subconscious makes up like 95 percent of your doings and beings be it on and off the pitch um 
So the kind of concepts that we're talking about today, like embracing uncertainty, like um, looking at obstacles as the way forward. I think these things, as they'll make you a better person, the more you're able to do that, it will 100% make you a better athlete because becoming a better person will inherently, like you're the same person off the pitch as you are on the pitch. And um, yeah. those qualities will transcend like. Um, so I just think in general, in training, in studying, whatever, embracing uncertainty and uh, embracing obstacles is um, just one way of like substantial improvement, I'd say. Yeah, and just like to give an example of stepping outside your comfort zone in, in like say GA you know, it's when you're doing like r mass running up and down the field and at number eight you feel like you can't go anymore, it's going, doing the ninth and the tenth run, that is stepping outside your comfort zone when your whole body's telling you to stop and you go push it that extra bit, um, that is stepping outside your comfort zone in s sport um, like, uh, context. 100%. So doing that, like doing those extra two runs, like that's your right there, that's your prefrontal cortex. So your conscious brain deciding to override that survival based amygdala. Yeah. So to give the neurology behind it. But yeah, I think it's powerful. Once you understand that neurology, I think it's easier to override that amygdala. Once you're aware of why you have these subconscious thought patterns, it's easier to consciously work into them. So like to work into difficulty and the knowledge that it's going to result in improvement. Exactly. Exactly. Right, Sean. Do you have any takeaways from our abstract discussion of a Wednesday morning? <laughs> um, I think say yes to more situations. Just, just Ooh, I like just, that one. Just do it. Just go for it. Um, the worst that can happen is you tick a box, say, "Oh, I've done that. Didn't like it. Done." Um, so it's just say yes to more things. That was actually something that Johnny Holland said in the last podcast too. That yeah. I found it was really like he was like, "Yeah, so don't say any no to any opportunity." opportunities that come your way even if you don't feel you're prepared for that opportunity like you will get to a stage where you're more prepared for it you know so it'll only result in improvement and even exactly. if it is failure you'll get improvement from that as well like um something that i'd say I, just to reiterate my point from earlier was just to be a little more conscious of your uh the physical manifestations of stress in potentially non-stressful situations yeah. so see even in your day-to-day -day life just notice when your body is going into that survival mode into like the high heart rate panic mode and then once you can recognize it, try and take some steps to uh, mitigate it. So like just some deep reading and just to become a bit more present in the moment. So then you're able to keep that clear head. So your emotion doesn't cloud your judgment and you're able to uh, make clear headed decisions. Uh, that's just something that I've personally found really beneficial over the past few years. Yeah, I think med like we've, we've harped on about meditation and like... For good reason though. Oh, absolutely. Like it's like i found benefit like before me i wouldn't do it every day but like even before matches now before like stressful situations it just calms yourself and you're just you just feel back to your set back to homeostasis back literally to, literally yeah back to yourself before you go into a situation and that's why it brings do you know what, i'm gonna say something that'll bring us nicely back to the end of the podcast it, do you know what it does it brings you back to your comfort zone that's what it does <laughs> <laughs> jesus all right wrap up the podcast there it's say. Yeah, can't get better than that but literally so thank you so much for listening my own uh, instagram is at the performance physio the podcast instagram is the underscore performance project and mine is at sean powder 97 and the website is the performance project.net lovely thank you so much for listening guys and we'll see you in the next one thanks million.